You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Dallas After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Dallas After Show. Hey guys, wow. Bing is for doing, and we're here at Afterbus Studios in Los Angeles, California, doing another live after show for Dallas. We're on season two, episode eight. The uh, title is JR's Masterpiece. I'm your host, AJ Gibson. Uh, we just watched that beautiful intro. Um, this is an awful way to start this show. I'm so. I'm already. Yeah. yeah. I already want to cry. Well, ladies, why don't you introduce yourselves to those who don't know who you are? I'm Kelly. I'm going to try my best not to cry too much tonight. <laughs> And I'm Dorinda Barker. All right. So, obviously, this is a huge episode. Um, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest episodes in the history of Dallas. Um, yep. JR's masterpiece kind of says it all. Um, as we left uh, last week's episode, uh, we hear gunshots. Uh, John Ross is on the phone with his dad. And his dad tells him that um, he loves him, he's proud of him, and that he's a son from tip to tail. Yes. Um, and then he hears gunshots. You hear high heels. And then gunshots. Mm -hmm. And John Ross quickly goes from calling his daddy JR to calling him dad, which is just huge. Um, So this episode picks up where the last one left off. And John Ross, Sue Ellen, uh, Bobby and Christopher are all in a helicopter heading down south of the border. Which was that scene right there alone was so poignant because it was so quiet. Mm Mm-hmm. And just watching all of them. And not that I'm jumping ahead, but Kelly and I went to the Paley Fest and uh, found out that they actually shot that whole episode a few days after he had passed. So it was a lot of emotion and everything that they were going through. It was it really, it was something else. Which is probably tough, but probably really smart. Yes. Also, to probably shoot these scenes while everything's fresh. Um, because I think that's probably what Larry Hagman would have wanted. He was mm-hmm. such a consummate professional, um, and this this was the role of a lifetime. This was the role of many lifetimes, to play J.R. Ewing twice. Yes. And for such a long period. I mean, his son said in an interview, I think we talked about this before, but his son said this is what kept him alive. The last couple yeah. of years, this kept him alive, this project. To be able to come back and to play that role again is just incredible. And I think that having them go back to work so soon after his death is probably exactly what he would have he wanted. Yes. And, and it translated. Oh yeah, beautifully. Strong. It was it was so great. One of the cool things that we learned at the Paley Fest when we mm-hmm. went to the and th- to the panel was we had all talked about and and thought that they had possibly shot extra scenes in preparation for this, but they didn't. They didn't. They actually had a piece previous footage together correct? from season one and they yes. talked about that where they took generic scenes that didn't really say anything and that's how they created these last scenes and the scene from last season the end with the gunshots was actually shot in um jock and ellie's rooms at south fork and they just cut in the um 
the back the the backdrop to make Isn't it look wild? like it was a hotel room. It's crazy. It's, Every, it's amazing what they can do with Every, editing. Yeah, everything I've, I've read online, and I follow Josh Henderson on Twitter um, mm-hmm. and a couple of the other actors. They just say that the next half of the season is some of the greatest writing in the history of tele- television. Period. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 cool to see Dallas. I mean, their numbers aren't what they were in the eighties. But right. nobody's numbers are no, what they were right. in the 80s. I mean, no, no television shows. There are back then. There were three networks. Yeah. Now there are a hundred. Um, but it's so cool to see a show come back, and in many ways to equal or even sometimes in certain scenes surpass the original, mm-hmm. which I think is what they're doing now. And it sounds like they're going to be doing a lot for the rest of the season, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, guys, I just want to point out it's not a coincidence that we're all wearing black. Uh, <laughs> we did. We were doing this in honor of, of Larry Hagman. Everything I've heard about him has really touched me as an individual. Um, just the way that everybody speaks so highly of him. Mm-hmm. His two best friends in the world outside of his family are Linda Gray and Patrick Duffy. And mm-hmm. that says a lot about an actor as a person and as an actor. Um, everyone always says that he was always so positive mm-hmm. about everything. He always had a smile on his face. And it shows in his, in his acting. And it shows in the way that everyone around him rises to his level. Because mm-hmm. of the type of actor that he was, and and I, I feel for these these younger actors, I, they've got to be so grateful to have oh, had the yeah. opportunity to even be there, you know, with him for the short amount of time. Um, that's just cool, and that will impact the rest of their careers yeah, in some well, way, shape, or Josh form. Josh Henderson at the Paley Fest, he said that he, on set he would call him Pop, and he would call Linda Gray Mama. That that's the way that he talks to them. And right after, I guess they had celebrated or were kind of having this kind of cast and crew kind of group memorial thing for Larry Hagman. And right after that, he had to do that telephone call scene, like right after that, you know, it was a really emotional time. There was all this stuff going on. And, you know, it was really hard for him to kind of get through it. And he said also that there was a lot of weird stuff going on, that he felt like Larry was with him because brooms would, things would happen that never happened before on set, just trying to, I guess, lighten the mood for him, which he felt that there was, you know, some, that he was still with him, watching him. I totally believe in those sorts of things. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I kind of relate it to like, like an artist, like you look at some of your favorite singers and their best albums are always right after some sort of terrible heartache. Yeah. Whether they lose yeah. a loved one or something terrible happens to their lives, their next album is amazing. Yeah. I yes. mean, a silly, silly example. This is so out there. You look at like Nick Lachey, who's never been a huge re- solo recording artist. Mm-hmm. You listen to his album right after he and Jessica Simpson split. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you would never expect it. Like that so, sounds so silly, but heartache can bring the best yeah. out of out of anyone. And I feel like, I can't believe I just made a fucking, sorry, a Nick Lachey <laughs> reference <laughs> on a Larry Hagman moment. He's rolling over in his grave right now. Um, but, but. It, well, he was married to, Jessica Simpson was Texan, so we can yes, just pretend like that. Yes, roll it right yeah, in together. <laughs> nice. The funny thing is, on Monday, which was actually Larry Hagman Day, it was declared Larry Hagman Day or Jerry Ewing Day in Dallas, Texas mm-hmm, by yeah. the mayor of Dallas. Um, I talked to three friends who I hadn't talked to in years, mm-hmm. and all three of them either brought up Dallas, not the actual show, just the city of Dallas. Mm-hmm. One had been playing a volleyball tournament there the weekend before. One of them had just moved there, and one of them just randomly mentioned they were there on business. <laughs> in the same day, back-to-back conversations all about Dallas. And nothing to have to do with the show at all. That's and it just kind of blew my mind, and I was like, do you know that today is? And I would tell yeah. them, and they thought it was crazy, of course, because they don't watch the show, maybe, <laughs> but... Um, mm-hmm. No, it's pretty cool. This entire episode is a great tribute. Yes, and if the writing, as you say, is anything like yes, uh, Monday's episode, mm-hmm. we are in for the most phenomenal season ever. Absolutely. I was. We didn't know we were going to get to watch the whole episode at yeah. the Paley Fest. So we that had was no a very idea. nice surprise. <laughs> but it was just, I was so captivated by it and so proud of it. You know, especially we uh, we talk about it, and you don't know know what to expect, and all the things that we say all the time about bringing this show back, and it was just done in such a nice and careful, respectful way that I was crying through the whole thing. And what makes it so remarkable is that just doesn't happen anymore in Hollywood. It just doesn't happen. Shows that are, you know, people love 
a show for years and it's yanked off the air mid-season, they don't even get a season finale or a series finale ever. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Especially it does not happen to actors that are that that late in the game. Right. Their 70s, 80s. Like it just does not happen. And in Hollywood, you hit 40 or 50, you're out the yeah. door and some young little Megan Fox is coming in or some young little whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to give an actor of his age the respect that he deserves mm-hmm. because the, he does he did deserve it. Yes. Right. To actually have the opportunity to give him that respect and to do this episode the way that he probably wanted it done. He's got to love this. Oh, absolutely. And the rest of the season is all him. Mm-hmm. It's all yeah. him. It's he's all not all in it, but him. he's in it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even just the intro that we just replayed, I mean, that in itself. I couldn't the get through it. slowing down the music and the, oh, <sighs> uh, it was... Kudos, you know. kudos to TNT for getting it right. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've, we've all seen plenty of TV shows, films, whatever, get remade or rebooted mm-hmm. is the new the new term. Um, and they just kind of fall flat. They're not quite, they might still make money or they might still get some ratings, but they're not quite up to the par of the original. I, I wholeheartedly believe that this show is just as good, if not better, than the original. Absolutely. The acting oh, yeah. is better. Mm-hmm. The writing is better. The storylines are more developed. The original kind of got a little bit sporadic sometimes. It'd be like a one-off episode, then something new the next episode. Mm-hmm. These storylines continue, and I feel like the infusion of the younger generation into this into this um, really makes the older generation, the Linda Grays and the Patrick Duffys, really up their game. Oh, absolutely. They're acting better than I've yeah. ever seen them act on Dallas previously. Yeah. Well, my mom actually said that. I was talking to her today on the way here. And she was like, what are you doing? So I told her. And she's like, I'll just tell you, Sue Ellen, I can't get enough of her. She's like, she is unbelievable because mm-hmm. she doesn't know her name, Linda Gray. And she's like, unbelievable. I could watch her all the time. She's actually even better than she was last season. Yes. And I think, and, and I'm just, you know, just making an assumption here, but I feel like for so many years, J.R. carried the show. Yes. You know, he was the star of the show. Everybody else, they were they were big characters, and these legacy characters, especially the the Sue Ellens and the Pamela Ewing, Barnes Ewing and and Bobby, they're all they're legacy characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jr. really was the heart and soul of the show, and I feel like watching it, they all understand that the best way they can remember him is to just up their game. They can't kind of rest on their laurels anymore. They can't kind of sit back and let JR steal a scene. Right. They have to create those moments now because there's, yes. no, there's no more yeah. Larry Hagman. Yes. And that's really kind of cool to see and pretty unique and pretty gratifying for them at this, at this stage in their career to have the opportunity to still be on the air doing the things they're doing. Well, and I think that they're both doing a, a great job so far. To yeah. step that, I mean, Sue Ellen is showing that a little bit you know, she's more JR-esque in this last episode. Which and is interesting. It, yes. It's great to see her a little bit stronger. And even the struggles that she goes through in this episode, is she's still, yeah. you know, she's, it's, I like her character so much. So let's dig in. Yes, let's do it. Like a big juicy ribeye. We're going to cut into this episode. I'm just trying to, as many Dallas references and as much respect as I can show to Larry Hagman tonight. Okay, so. Uh, these four characters, uh, Sue Ellen, Bobby, Christopher, and John Ross, they take this helicopter down to where actually are they? What country? They're in Nuevo Laredo, so they're right on the right on the border of Texas and Laredo. Got so it. it's it's the Laredo Texas border. Yes. So there's Laredo and Nuevo Laredo, which is actually in Mexico. So they're right across the border. New Laredo for you English speaking <laughs> folk out there. Nuevo Laredo. Uh, so they they go down there and they meet with the officials there in a hotel, and as the officials tell them the. the police officers down there, they say, you know, he was shot by a random thug, a random mm-hmm. whatever. It's like a random robbery. Yes. A tourist yeah. robbery. Somebody followed him in there and that he was a rich white man and just robbed him is exactly. what they think. So and they far. think it was some woman. Well, they say so there was a woman. woman he a was woman meeting spotted. a woman there. Yeah, yes, yeah mm-hmm. he was meeting a woman. Not of the professional is. kind, isn't that yes, what they Yes, not of right. the professional kind. <laughs> Maybe she was driving a red Mercedes. So... <laughs> They don't believe this for a second. No. JR is Well, he was too... supposed to be in Abu Dhabi. Yes. So... Yes. So they're already confused, like, why was he here, mm-hmm, first off? Mm-hmm. And in that crappy motel. Yes, because he would never, ever. Mm-mm. And anybody who knows anything about J.R. Ewing, he is always two steps ahead of everyone else. Mm-hmm. So this is not the way he would ever go out. If anybody ever in the history of humanity got to choose the way they go out, it would be J.R. Ewing. Absolutely. <laughs> so this just doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not really... Not really feeling it. But initially, they don't even feel like 
he's actually dead. There's no proof. They haven't seen a body. All they see is a chalk drawing on a floor with some blood by a heart, mm -hmm. the, like the chest area of, mm -hmm. of the body. Um, so the officials take them to the morgue, and this scene was hard. Because uh, uh. the four of them go to the morgue, and they have to identify the body. Mm -hmm. And even though it's obviously not Larry Hagman in a yeah. body bag, it just is heartbreaking to see these actors go through this moment. Because, again, like we said, Linda and Patrick Duffy, that's their best friend. Mm -hmm. That's their best friend. And they've been best friends since the 70s. I know. I wasn't I'm even alive just, in the 70s. I was just so <laughs> thankful that they didn't actually show... A body. Yeah. You know, sometimes some They'd, shows will do that. Yeah. They'll show you. And I did not, I'm so glad they didn't because I did not want to, I don't, I didn't want to Because I do not, it's. And they didn't need to. You don't no, need to. You no. don't need to. No, you never yeah. do. But it's I'm the, glad that it didn't go there. Well, and the funny thing about death is that I've always kind of felt this way. I, uh, whenever you lose somebody and you go to a funeral and pay your respects, go to the viewing and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I hate that. My last memory of someone I loved I is them lying there like that. They don't look like themselves. They never do. I think it would have been awful and done a huge disservice to Larry Hagman's career and him as a person had they actually shown some sort of him lying yeah. there. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad because they didn't. they yeah. could have gone there for like a cheap little, you know, mm -hmm. thrill, but they didn't. And I respect that. Yeah. Absolutely. Once again, class, they chose, they chose the high road. I, which was, I, I love that. Yeah, and I I just I just literally want to like just meet whoever's in charge of the show at TNT and just give them a hug because it is so easy to take those like low cut those low brow like uh, mm -hmm. those, create those moments just for ratings mm -hmm. and it's so much harder more difficult to take the high road and to be classy yeah. and this show has been handled with so much class as a viewer I think in the long run that really creates viewer loyalty. And oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Well, everybody on their staff, the editors, the composers, everybody, it's just, they are all, everybody's just doing great. And I, I was fortunate, we were fortunate enough to be able to see some of them and to be able to show gratitude for that because it's very, very rare that you like all the components of a show that you're watching. Mm -hmm. Very so. true, especially in this day and age. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, they identify the body and they run into an old friend of theirs. Carlos. Mm -hmm. Okay. We think he's a friend, right, at this point? He seems to he be. He seems to be, but, but I'm... Uh, I don't know. We'll uh, see. Bobby thinks he is, anyway. Well, they're happy to see him, mm -hmm. and Carlos reassures them. He's like, look, I will stay here. I will head up this investigation. I will get to the bottom of it, and I will personally make sure that JR's body gets back to South Fork, or back to Dallas. I will accompany it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will make sure that it he does not leave my sight. I will take care of him. Mm-hmm. So, reluctantly, especially for, J for, for John Ross, mm -hmm. reluctantly they leave and head back, back to South Fork. Because John Ross just isn't buying any of this. No. Neither is Bobby, but John Ross is a little more hot-headed. He, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Mm -hmm. um, so, as they're flying back to South Fork, actually as they're in a limo back to South Fork <laughs> after the flight, um, we find Emma out front of South Fork brushing her horse, I believe. Mm -hmm. Very and reminiscent of Anne, by the way. Her hair is down. She's wearing the hat. She looks more turning, not turning into Anne, but definitely going towards that row. No, well, no more, mistakes there, yeah. yeah. More relaxed. And yeah. Just more, not so tight and uptight. More, and more Anne, less Judith. Mm, oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, we see a car pull up, which oddly is the same car John Ross drives. No, is it like a la black Lamborghini? <laughs> I don't know if it's the same one, it's but it's very similar. Close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so out of the car comes uh, Harris Ryland, mm. and he goes up to his daughter, and he's just begging her to come back. He initially, just like every crazy person does, he tries to talk, you know, calmly to her, mm -hmm. and says, you know, honey, come back, come back. I'm I'm going crazy without you. I'm lonely. I miss you terribly. Come back. I'll let you see your mom whenever you want. Mm -hmm. And the response was priceless. Emma looks at him. She goes, let me? That's the problem. That's exactly why I can never come back. Mm -hmm. you, you think you need to let me see my mom. And then Mother Hen walks out. Mm -hmm. Anne walks out. Ryland, get off this property. Get off this property right now. And he says to her, what are you going to do? Shoot me again? And then in his one scene of the entire episode. But you know what? It was a great perfect. scene. And I love perfect. him for uh, it. Drew walks out mm -hmm. and says, no, but I will. <laughs> and you're like, where'd he come from? And he puts from? his hand on his gun. And then, the, and then the stable guys come out. And it's, you know, they're all surrounding him. And they're ready to you know fight for yeah. their 
That's what I love you about know? the show, especially when the stable hands came out. Because mm-hmm. if you haven't seen a lot of them the last couple of seasons, like in the original, mm-hmm. there are always stable hands around everywhere, driving their right. little trucks and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see them yeah, all kind of come together. Yeah, and they grow up in the truck. So yeah, yeah. They like they're very they're out. very loyal to the South Fork. They have their Ewing rifles. Family. They're ready to protect their you know yeah their South Fork family. It was, it was interesting to see Ryland not in the position of power now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. And he tried to play the victim. Oh, honey, are you going to let them threaten me like that and trying to make her feel guilty? And she. For a split second, I, I wonder. Uh, yeah, for a split second, I thought the same thing. I'm like, maybe she's thinking, maybe he's right. Maybe these people are just like you. Maybe I'll just go with you because I know what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. I don't know these people enough to know what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. I thought for a split second, And that too. can be scary. That can be enough to send somebody back to a situation, at least in a bad situation. You know how to handle it. Right. Mm-hmm. She's in uncharted territory right mm-hmm. now. But she walked right inside. Yeah, I thought she was going to run to him for a second, too. I was afraid of that. Yeah, but no. Because I really want to see her and Anne have a relationship. And as we find out later in the episode, Anne might need to rely on her a little bit more very soon. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't go there quite yet, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Sue Ellen. This is the shocker of the episode for me, I think. She is still working Gary Ewing so hard. JR is his body isn't even you know As isn't even cold yet. John Ross points out and gets very angry. Yes, I was very angry. So with her. proud of him. I was so too. I was like and I not in awe, but like I was almost cheering for him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because we were all thinking it. Yeah, yeah, and he said it out loud. Do it for me. Okay, okay. Just to play devil's advocate, were we proud of Sue Ellen at all? Because in all fairness. It's probably what JR would have wanted her to do. Well, keep your eye on the prize. That's what he always did, right? Yeah. That is true, but I was still kind of grossed out by it. And off, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, honestly, he might, if JR were watching this, this scene take place, he might look at John Ross and say, Stop it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep moving. Keep moving forward. Keep your eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's out, a little bit out of character for Sue Ellen as we know her now, mm-hmm. but. Eh, she might be a little bit more JR than we realize. Right. Which is cool. Which is kind of fun. And she has some more exciting stuff coming up, which I can't <laughs> wait to talk about. So, let's move to the memorial. Okay? A lot of bourbon. Yes. The memorial. Bourbon in my mug right now, just so we're clear. <laughs> in honor of Larry Hagman. Um, J.R. Ewing. J.R. Ewing. Bourbon. I have to say Larry Hagman every time. I just, I just, no, I no, know. no. The bottle. The bourbon. Yes. It was J.R. Ewing And bourbon. all of the glassware had his... Mm-hmm. They're all monogrammed. Yes. And just a little fun fact that we found out, a distribution, a liquor distribution company in Dallas actually made that as a gift for the producers of Dallas, and they had it in their office and used it as a prop. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about Dallas and its actual real-world impact on this mm-hmm. uh, in this episode, because we saw we saw Mark Cuban, owner uh-huh. of the Dallas Mavericks. He, yes. had, he had a couple of lines with, with Bobby, um, and then we also had Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones. owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of lines with Bobby. I think it's really cool. And the mayor. Oh, and the mayor. And the mayor. And, right. and the mayor. Mm-hmm. And the mayor of Dallas. I think it's really cool that they integrated that because Bobby is kind of going around the room with the memorial, working the room a little bit, just thanking people for coming out. And we see some of the past characters, and we see uh, Charlene, T- Lucy Ewing come mm-hmm. back, and mm-hmm. we see Gary's there, and and some of the ex-wives that yeah. Sue Ellen interacts with. <laughs> um, but I think it was pretty cool that they. What's so cool about this this Dallas, this incarnation of Dallas, is that they actually, it doesn't make it feel that weird. It seems kind of like Ricky Rudd a couple of episodes ago. Like, mm-hmm. that just kind of made sense to me. Well, the thing is, is Dallas is a character just the way New York City was a character for Sex and the exactly. City. Yes. Dallas, Texas is a character for, for Dallas. And they take such good care of South Fork. I mean, to the point where they have for years, it's still intact. You can go take tours. And it's, mm-hmm. it's been a big part of Dallas since its inception. And the city just really embraces it to the point where business owners are making souvenirs and doing all of these things. And also the show embraces it. Because mm-hmm. if if there is, and I'm not saying there is, but if there is one character in the show that's actually bigger than J.R. Ewing, it is the city of Dallas. Right. It's, yes. And the South Fork Ranch <clears throat> all encompassing mm-hmm. this. This None of this could take place without this. If they had remade the show and it wasn't at South Fork, Oh, never. Or in Dallas. It just never no. would never no, happen. No, we'd never get past the second episode. I don't see Knott's Landing back on the air. So, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, Dallas really, it yeah. just, it is the heart and soul of this show. And I mm-hmm. think that, that JR, that Larry, mm-hmm. understood that and respected that. Yeah. And I think he would love to see that these, these, these people who, in the real world, have nothing to do with mm-hmm. this character, but they have such respect that they would actually come onto the show and, and have a couple of lines at this memorial. Um, right, because it really was 
in a weird way, and this is what's so cool about the show, and I get really excited about this, you guys, and that's why I love covering the show so much. I honestly feel sorry for other hosts at AfterBuzz who don't get to cover shows that they love like this because I know. Yes. there's not the legacy that you know. I know you co- you cover Arrow, I believe. I cover I cover some other shows. Mm-hmm. I covered GCB one time. Like they're great shows. They're fun, and we love them. But it's a different sort of admiration for a show like Dallas, right? Where a character dies in real life who is one of the most iconic characters in the history of television, and he has a memorial on camera, which is really kind of a TV show and also a real-life memorial. When you've got owners of the major sports organizations and the mayor of the actual city of Dallas Mm -hmm. coming on the show... To say thank you, well, essentially. And, the, and their lines are little stories yes. about yeah. JR, which I love the yes. most. It wasn't just, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. It was a little anecdote, a short little anecdote. Mark Cuban says, I get this note from him when the Mavericks start winning that says, When they finally, finally won a championship, yeah. so it's about time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's about time. <laughs> That's and, great. You know, Jerry Here, Jones actually. has his own thing. It's like, you know, I'll let you, basically, I'll let you have some of Dallas. Yes. I, I give you permission. Yes. And it was just great, their little stories that they had so with him. That's so cool. And that's one of the things that makes Dallas so unique and so fun to cover. I don't understand mm-hmm. why we don't have a fourth panelist. Nobody else wants to cover it. I, <laughs> nobody else knows about this gem that is Dallas. They don't know. Yeah. They're we'll, missing out. We'll keep it that way. Yeah. We're happy. Um, but no, it's, it's just so cool and so rewarding to cover the show. And well, I love and being here with you girls, obviously. the show as much as we do, one the cool thing that we found out is that the J.R. Ewing uh, bourbon bottle may actually be available in stores. It should be. They are yes, trying to market it so they can distribute it. So you may be able to get your very own set. Bethany Frankel can get her own line of liquor. <laughs> J.R. Ewing yes. can get a bourbon. Yeah, it's a high-class bourbon it that they be. really want to do, yeah. And on top of it, that bottle, if you notice, throughout the whole episode was a centerpiece. Yes. It was always close-up always close, focus. Yeah, it was a centerpiece. It. Everybody walked, your pivotal cares had at one point walked into that room, looked at that bottle. That bottle... Mm-hmm. Represent it. Some of them did more than just look, yeah. but we're not, <laughs> we're there, not just going yet. there yet. <laughs> Finally, like all my hopes and dreams for the last season and a half have come to fruition. <laughs> so, Sue Ellen, let's just talk about this little interaction with the exes. What? Who were those exes? Because I don't know the entire original series. Do we know who the, who the women were? They're two ex-wives of Jr. Deborah Kerr okay. was one, yes. but I can't remember her name as the character. But okay, I think so this is a perfect opportunity for me to give a shout out to our iTunes yes. listeners. Because yes. You guys, we need your help right now because I watched, and I actually watched this. I was busy today, so I did watch. I watched the episode twice, but I didn't take the time to look up who the actual two ex-wives mm-hmm. of J.R. Ewing were in this episode. Um, so if you could get on iTunes. Uh, I would really appreciate you guys. Let us know who those ladies were. Let us know their real names, their character names, whatever. A little Mm -hmm. backstory about them. We'd really appreciate it because we obviously love this show, but we didn't watch the first 14 seasons of it. It was 14 seasons? Uh, 13. 13 plus a couple of uh, yeah. extra specials. Mm-hmm. One reunion and two crappy as yes. it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, as they said <laughs> as the Paley Fest. So you guys were really young. So we weren't around when the shows <laughs> were on originally. Myself, at least. I'm just saying. Uh, but no, we don't really know the entire backstory of this show. We're mm-hmm. huge fans of it now, but you guys make this show what it is. So Wait, if you guys Mandy get a, Winger, was she one of them? Uh, how am I supposed De- to tell yeah, people Deborah, to let me know yeah, on Deborah iTunes? Shelton. If go, Deborah well, there Shelton. it is. Well, we know the names now, so share some stories. We would really appreciate it. No, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm trying to find it real quick. I think it might be Mandy Winger was one of them. Uh Uh-huh. And... I don't know the other one, so we still need the yeah, other one. Yeah, we need the other one. So, guys, one. get on iTunes. Yeah. Let us know. Also, while you're there, please give us five stars. Leave us comments. Tell your friends about us. We'd really appreciate it. There's also an app for your iPhones called Podcasts with an S. You can have all of your favorite AfterBuzz shows automatically downloaded to your iPhone every single week or every single day so that you can listen to us at your convenience. Also, get on YouTube and leave us comments there as well and share with your friends. We really do appreciate it. We will comment back. I'm curious to know who these women are. I want to know a little backstory on them. Because mm-hmm. as much as I love the show, I don't have time to watch 13 seasons right now. So if you Which guys could help me out, I'd really appreciate it. 357 episodes. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot That's of television. Lot. <laughs> I do have a life outside of AfterBuzz. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> so, cool. Moving on. So, John Ross. Let's talk about the scene. I think it's one of the coolest scenes, one of the most beautiful scenes of the entire episode, is when John Ross is going through the stairwell, and he's kind of just going through the crowds, and he's hearing everyone just bad-mouthing JR. Yes. That's difficult. Yeah. You just lost your daddy, and everybody's talking badly about them. Even if it's warranted, that's the last place on earth you want to hear it. 
It's a well, memorial do you remember for too, right? And I can't remember what the exact quote is right now, but right before that scene, right before he walks up the stairs, when Christopher tells him a lot of people, there is a good turnout. There's a lot of people here, and he said half of them, you know, didn't like him. Half of them want to make sure he's dead or something like that. And that's when he starts hearing all of that stuff. Which, as a son, has to be really hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Jr. is probably just laughing in his grave, though. Because he knows <laughs> mm-hmm. that. I mean, he knows. He, mm-hmm. It's his bed. He's lying in it now. He made his bed. Now he's lying in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as a son who's always tried to live up to your daddy's expectations, who spent, you know, time away from your family and then back, and then, like, uh, that's hard. And he... He seeks solace, and he finds it in a side liquor room, it looks like, with Emma. Yeah, it looked like the little wine cellar. Yeah, wine yeah. cellar. <clears throat> Amazing scene. No no talk whatsoever. But it was probably it one of was, the hottest scenes of the show. It was. I've never seen a drug scene that hot before. How cool is it? Like, I, that's when you know a show is doing something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they can nail a scene like that without any dialogue. Yes. He picks up the bottle, looks at it. What actually was it? Lorazepam. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, wow. Okay. <laughs> sure. I had a hard time like remem- memorizing what it was. I'm like, what? Try to get this right. Okay. And lorazepam does what? It, it, it's like a, it's not a depressant. It evens you out. Okay. Yeah. Any, similar to anything else? Kind of like a, I would say on a volume, on a volume kind of. Okay. Kind of like Xanax. Xanax. Or something like that. It's like volume, an, an antidepressant. Yeah. Kind of numbs you a little bit and makes you, makes it easier to deal with things. Yes. Yeah. It's supposed it. to make you a little happier. Well, he grabs the bottle from Emma and just pops a pill. Doesn't think twice about it. Just goes for it. But he's like staring at her uh-huh. dead in her eyes the entire time. Like he, he totally, <clears throat> um, I can't say this on camera, but he, um, he he did something to her with his eyes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. did. Oh, it was very. He, you could feel the yeah. sexual tension in that room just from that. Just from yes. him taking the bottle out of her hand, popping a pill, and giving it back. Yes. And he eye cuddled her. <laughs> yes. He well. cuddled the f out of her. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hot scene. It was. It was. So yeah. I mean, we're crying two minutes before that, and then I look at that, I look at her, and I said, "How can that pill? How can that scene be that hot?" That's no, what's so great I mean, about that's the show. How hot he is. That's, yeah, the show's so, so great. It, it can take you to such extremes so quickly. Mm-hmm. That's why I really enjoy it. Yeah. Like if I can be so down and depressed, and then moments later turned on. By a straight like scene, like I'm not even into that, but I'm not into any of them. But like it turns me on, and then instantly you can be like ready to like fight, which is what happens next. Right, yes. it's but that's cool. just a testament to how good he is in this role too. I mean, he is really stepping it up. He's to growing a million so much. more notches. I mean, he is just growing so much as an actor in this, and just his facial expressions, and he knows what he's doing with this character. I think this is. It's so great, but just to do that, just with the way he looks and his body language and all of that is great. He's he's really stepped up, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love, there's a saying that Oprah Winfrey always says, she doesn't believe in uh, coincidence um, or, or luck or any of those sorts of things. She mm-hmm. believes in preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you prepare properly and the opportunity presents itself, you can either do one of two things. You can rise to the occasion, you can meet the opportunity, or... You let, you let it slip through your fingers. Right. Mm-hmm. Josh Henderson has prepared and he has risen to oh, this occasion. absolutely. He impresses me so much. It's so, like, I don't want him to leave the show because I want the show to run forever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm always kind of curious, like, what's he going to do after this? What kind of mm-hmm. career could he have? Because he really is a great actor. No, Not to take really anything is. away, away no. from the other actors. No. But he's had this unique opportunity to kind of fill the you know the the shoes of of J.R. Ewing. Well, and I think it's it's just showing too because you know he started out on a reality show way back in the day. Like this, what was he on? He was on like How to Be a Pop Star, some pop star reality show. <laughs> I read show. that. I did read that. <laughs> like, you know, back in two thousand one or oh, something, he started out as like a boy band. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. He yeah. was yeah. That's okay. What I okay. Knew. So it was a, it was a boy band that I can't remember the name right now, but that's how he started. So it's just a testament to how talented he really is, and it doesn't matter how. Well, he Justin Timberlake did it. Why can't Josh Henderson? <laughs> no. No, but Josh Henderson is, yeah. is a little bit better of an actor. Thank yeah, you so great. much yeah. for saying that. Yeah. I was just about to say that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. Justin, you got the music thing going on. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but did Josh Henderson ever have cornrows? Did he ever? No? No. 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 His, hair too, tips, yeah, his, his hair is too fine for that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it really is great to see him grow as an actor every single week. Oh, it's yeah, exciting. For sure. Um, so, John Ross, he's got a pill from Emma. And immediately after this, he heads back into the memorial. And what happens, of course, in classic Dallas form, <laughs> Cliff Barnes comes storming in. 
to show his disrespect. He's 112 years old, first of all. Yeah. And he goes, I'm here to show my disrespect. <laughs> he reminded me of, of Mr. Burns. Yes, from The Simpsons. Like, no offense to Cliff Barnes because it was a great scene. But when I saw him for a second, I was like, wait a second. Let out the hounds. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was funny. I thought that... He got his little lines in because he's been. I wanted somebody to hit him, though. I was so agitated by that. Kind of. I thought that it, I was a little bit confused. I thought that as much as they hated each other, I always thought there was some sort of weird underlying mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of caught me a little bit off guard, but it was kind of fun. I thought it was very classic. No, of course. Classic uh, Dallas. And I think it really sets up the rest of the season, which we find out later. But I said, I love the line. He said, um, look who's danced on whose grave now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's some fighting words. Mm -hmm. If you're in a family or a room full of Ewings and you say that about their... The, well, know, and it made me patriarch. think back too. I wonder if Jr. had ever said that to him, and I, and I just don't remember. I wonder if they're in in you know, again. Back if in you guys are huge fans, if you're on iTunes, let yes, us know. Let us know. Did he ever say something like like I'm going to dance on your grave? And then that was kind of a rebuttal. Like I wondered if that had any kind of tie in. Well, let's let's talk about Pamela and her her interaction in this episode because she wasn't in it a lot. And when she first initially got to the memorial, John Ross was furious. Mm-hmm. He right now he's just kind of an upset little boy. That's kind of how he's oh, reacting. Yeah. Not very rational, which I'll give him a pass for a couple episodes because you're allowed to act that way when your parent dies, obviously. Right. Um, and I thought Christopher needed to give him a little bit. Of, like, I love that Christopher was trying to be there for him, but it was a little too much. Like, he needed to just kind of give him some room. See, I don't agree, but we're yeah. going to talk about yeah. that in just a minute. <laughs> yeah. um, but when Pamela then, John Ross tries to tell Pamela to leave, and she looks genuinely hurt. She's like, I'm here to show my support, you know, mm-hmm. to be here for you and your family. And then when she steps in, when Cliff Barnes freaks out mm-hmm. and she goes, Dad, he goes, no, 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 no. She goes, Dad, do this for me then. For me, let's leave. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then he gets quiet and leaves. I was thinking a lot of things during that moment. I was thinking, wow, that's actually pretty cool. He respects his daughter. Mm-hmm. But then I think back, his fake son a couple of weeks ago, he, he had him kill himself. So does he really care about his kids that much? Does he care about his kids more than he cares about taking down the Ewings? So then I started thinking, is this all just, is this all part of the plot? Is Pamela actually really a good girl right now? Is she really trying hard to be, like, a genuine person? Or was this all set up? Was it was all part of their master plan to Cliff Barnes come in here and go crazy, and then I'll get you out of here, and I look like the good girl, and because we want the Ewings to trust you again. Because now you've got partial ownership and Ewing energies, do we want them to trust you a little more than they do? And just, you know, pin it on me. I'll be the bad guy. Cliff Barnes all day long. That could actually be. Any thoughts? Well, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, at first, I thought she wanted to do that because, you know, she just strives for her dad's love and attention. And I think this was one of them. I think she really does care about them. She is carrying Christopher's baby. And I think she does care about John Ross. But I thought a part of her, too, was like, let me see if he's going to do this for me. Yeah. That was that's what I thought. As much as she's been giving him lately. Yes. Let's see if he'll do this for me. I thought that he was just doing it for for to save face. Not that he really was doing it for her, but if he didn't, then it would look like he doesn't care about his family. And I think he's more worried about what everyone thinks of him versus what she does. And at that point, what was he going to gain beyond that? He said his piece. Where where could it go in a positive way for him Mm -hmm. after that point? She Mm -hmm. just gave him an out. Yeah. Interesting. I was kind of—I was really thinking about that as the, as that went down because mm-hmm. I, I'm still jury's out on Pamela. I don't yeah, know what I, I mean, think well, of her. I mean, well, three different opinions on one scene. Who knows? And yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Oh, uh, so much depth <laughs> in this show. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So then this scene. This is what I love. I love these sorts of scenes. It was a quick scene, but I thought it was mm-hmm. a very powerful, very impactful scene. Um, mm-hmm. Some random drunk dude makes a comment <laughs> about Jr. A disparaging mm-hmm. comment. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember exactly what he said. Yeah, was, I don't know how yeah. important it was, but he made a disparaging comment. Mm-hmm. And I love how John Ross and Christopher just come together like that. Mm-hmm. The drop of a dime. If there's one thing that John Ross has learned to a degree mm-hmm. from, or maybe even Christopher, because I feel like Christopher kind of tends to be the one to pull it together when he has to. Um, if there's one thing they've learned from JR is that Ewing's always back up the Ewing's no matter what. When push comes to shove, it does not matter, you know, what was going on here, here, and here. Ewing stick together, mm-hmm. always. And they go right into it. A full-on fist fight and a brawl. Just like, it's the most perfect, perfect memorial that you could ever expect for JR. And I do love what Christopher did. Because John Ross was the one who was going to throw the first punch. And he goes, no, let me take care of this. Yeah. 
It's just like, it's my time to protect you and take care of you, even though it was only going to be for a second because it had just turned yeah. out to an all in all brawl. Was cute. He was like, I got this cousin or something yeah, like yeah, that. I got he this calls cousin. him cousin. Yeah, and then they're back at Southwark right after, mm-hmm. icing their faces and their knuckles and whatever. And John Ross says, says to Christopher, I could always read that left hook. Mm-hmm. I was knew when it was coming. And it's just kind of <laughs> cool because you forget, and I think Christopher made a comment about, you know, we're brothers. Yeah, He made a comment to John Ross about being brothers. Yeah, he said, we're going to find out, we're going to get to the bottom of this together as brothers. Yes. Yeah. And that's, again, one of the things about the show that's so great because you never know. The dynamic is always shifting between all these different family members. Mm-hmm. And they all have such unique interactions with each other that never get old. And... On one hand, I really, really want John Ross and Christopher to get along. Mm-hmm. I want to see them get along, at least for the next part of the season, to take down Ryland and Cliff Barnes mm-hmm. and to find out who really killed Jr. But then I want them right back at each other because mm-hmm. that's just fun. Because that's that's what Bobby and Jr. did for ever. Yeah, they the did it for a decade. Yeah, they did for decades. Yeah, except for the season where Bobby died. The dream. That was a dream season. <laughs> it's a dream. Well, let's hop, let's hope TNT does not you know go down that path again. Certain things they should not re- no. ever revisit. Although that premiere the following season when Pamela walks in and sees Bobby in the shower, that was pretty epic. Yeah, great season. Well, I mean, that great was scene. pretty much. And they talked about that too. Like, what are the pivotal moments that you remember? It's the Who Shot Jr. and when he Bobby's in the shower. Yeah, those are the most outstanding moments. <laughs> yeah, they actually joked about it. Too. Yeah. Well, you have to. Yeah. Because television in the seventies and 80s you know is not what it is now it's Mm -hmm. it's there's so much great television now that you have to be so good to even have a chance to stay on the air now um and back then it was it was campy it really was they called it a night a nighttime soap opera but it really just was yeah no yeah daytime soap operas were still cheesy they showed us the scene at the beginning of the paley vest they showed (laughs) us an old scene of jr and sue ellen where she's fighting he calls her a slut and she looks at the gun like right before all of that who shot him happened and she sees it in the drawer and she looks and it's that soap opera acting with the freeze frame. It was so fantastic. Well, that sort of thing used to work for viewers because Mm -hmm. there wasn't a whole lot to choose from and it was also groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. Um, Now, television is so different that you need to be smart about how you approach these storylines. They need to be realistic because we've had things like reality television on air for 12, 13, 14 years now um, consistently where people, they see what real is Mm -hmm. so they need their TV shows to be a little more real. So it makes actors in turn, up their games, writers up their games, and mm-hmm. this, this show is better because of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, those campy moments are still fun, though. I do want to see some freeze frames, though. Because uh. <laughs> it was amazing. It was so fantastic. <laughs> and then they were joking about how when they would get the new scripts back in the day, they would always go to the end and see who got the freeze frame, and usually it was JR, but sometimes Bobby or Sue Ellen would get it, That's and they would funny. be all excited. Well, the funny thing is about, about the show back then, as cheesy and corny as it was, a lot of the stuff was really controversial. Oh, yeah. Like, originally, like, in season one, I think it was in the, the pilot or the second episode, maybe, is when they had... Um, uh, Lucy Ewing was up in the hay, the hay loft, having sex with Ray Krebs, and she was like 16 at the time. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, oh, like, yes. a, like a 16 year old now having sex with a 30 year old on camera, like on a TV show? Uh, pretty Little Liars. Yeah, but, you well, know. Yeah. <laughs> it's rare. It's not a yeah. major network television, no, you right. know. Mm-hmm. And it, this was on CBS. No, back they, in the 70s, they did deal with some big issues. And Lucy was wasn't she engaged to a gay man? Yeah, 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 yeah. They dealt with that. They yeah. dealt with alcoholism, all these different things. JR blackmailed them. I only know these things because I watch so many clips on YouTube of all the stuff <laughs> to try to actually piece it all together. I spend hours. My roommate thinks I'm insane. And maybe, maybe I am. So, after they're back at South Fork, Carlos comes back into the picture. And he tells them, he's like, look, JR died just the way they told you he did. It was a random act. That's how he went out. Mm-hmm. Not cool with the Ewings. Mm-hmm. It's just, they just know in their gut it's not true. Um, and John Ross, furious by this. What does he do? Again, not a whole lot of words, no no dialogue really. Runs outside. Grabs a bottle, runs outside. Grabs a bottle, comes across Emma. Mm-hmm. Thank God she's in the show now, right? <laughs> Somebody else does sex They're going to get great. Yes. <laughs> and they, without words, they climb in the back of an SUV. Wait, there was words. Oh, there was. Well, she go- <laughs> he goes, are you high? She's like, yes, but you're way too low. Yeah. Yes. And that, that... That's all they need to say. 
Oh, and and then they, they're in the back seat. They I mean, go at it. She opens the door, lays back, does a sexy pose, starts she, taking her clothes. Wait, off. she didn't. Her clothes were basically off. She, oh, had, she had lingerie. She had lingerie on. You know what? Here's the thing. Sometimes you can leave and most of your clothes on. Yeah. You can have 95% of your clothes on and still. And no, still, but she started out with lingerie. Right. Like, yeah. She was ready. And he kept his gloves on. And for some reason, I thought that was hot. It is hot. It is hot. Have you ever, okay, have you ever uh, been intimate with a man who maybe, like, keeps his socks on? Sometimes it's kind of hot. It's weird. I don't do it, but sometimes little things, or, like, a watch. Just like one article of clothing. One article of clothing can okay, be super yeah. hot. I, 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 I don't know because do I think of tube socks, and well, I'm not thinking that's no. hot. I think that it's more of a security thing. I yeah. think okay. when people keep something on, mm-hmm. John Rawls, perfect example. I think he's not quite ready to give himself to anybody because he doesn't trust women right now. No. So he keeps something on. Um, did they? You would have been nice if they actually like cowboy boots or something on. Like, <laughs> hot. Knocking boots is not a saying. <laughs> yeah. No. So. They, anyway, they bang it. They bang it out in the SUV, <laughs> yeah. which is great, and we are totally appreciative of that. And I love John Ross and Emma. It's great to see mm-hmm. all they're kind of related-ish. Not really though, but by marriage. I'm interested to see how that's going to yeah. go. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be a whole another epic because problem. because Christopher is kind of her brother, but not really. Kind of her stepbrother. Nobody is related by blood. It's yes. all marriage stuff. But he's yeah. probably got that like that older brother instinct mm-hmm. and that's going to give him a whole other reason not to like John Ross oh it's going to get fun yeah as, that's going to add another fun element I as think. if he needs something else fun <laughs> speaking of fun fun things I want to give which one of you ladies would like to talk about uh, the adventures of serial buddies Fun, fun. No, you don't want I to. Cool. Do. I always I do. I do it. Go for it. <laughs> I just don't want to keep giving my same opinion. <laughs> Go but. for it. All right. So, fun, fun stuff. If you you know want to get out of the sad with all this Dallas stuff, you need to go and check out the Adventures of Serial Buddies, which is a new comedy that was um, directed by Kevin Undergaro, mm-hmm. which is our uh, Maria Menounos's other half, and she's in it. Kathy Lee Gifford. Yes. Great, great people in it. Beth. Was that her name? Beth Bear, yes. the one from yes. Two Broke Girls. It's a funny, funny movie. It's kind of like Dexter meets Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. So it's a good time. It's showing at AM, AMC theaters in select cities. I believe it's New York, um, Boston, LA, Boston, yeah, Chicago, Chicago yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. So go to yeah. adventureofserialbuddies.com, Check out the listing and get your tickets because it is. It's definitely fun and it's a different take on a comedy. So yeah, it's fun totally. To it's hilarious, you guys. And can I just point out because this is what I'm known for. Anybody who knows me knows this is what I do. I can't let shit slide. I love how you we point out four cities and then Dorinda comes in and says New Jersey <laughs> like that's a city like that's a city Dorinda there are cities in New Jersey yeah, did you not watch Jersey Shore yeah <laughs> you're so silly I love I love you can I mention that I love the new hair color oh I think it's you. a bright vibrant red this evening I yes. love it the redhead of me is out again Kelly were you redhead for a while I was I thought you were when I met you I, she was I, a redhead I to, yeah you girls confuse me <laughs> The only thing that changes about me is the height of my bangs. <laughs> I slicked my hair tonight for for uh, Jr. Yeah, it looks good. I like yeah. it. And we're all we all look. I have to say, pretty darn. We good. do look hot. I'm not even wearing pants right now, though. I just I just dress <laughs> from the top up, though, so it would look on camera like I was really paying respect. Uh, <laughs> nobody wears pants in South. I'm a rascal, okay. just like just like Jr. Ewing. I'm a rascal. Uh, so now we're getting into the emotional oh, stuff. This yes. Okay, so let's talk about Bobby and Anne. Okay. Wow. That I'm, was a shock. It breaks my heart. It, I wasn't shocked by it. I was kind of waiting for it because mm-hmm. you could kind of see it bubbling up inside Bobby the last few episodes. Right, but mm-hmm. I'm surprised he did it that sternly. Oh, yeah. That's what surprised me. Not so much that he had the conversation, but the way that he had well, it. Well, I'll let you ladies talk about the conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about why I think the conversation happened. So you go ahead and start, ladies. Well, they're getting they're getting ready for bed, and they're undoing the bed. They're doing their thing, and they're talking back and forth. And what does she say to him? And well, it just flips. Like, well, it's he, a flip of a switch. Yeah, he's been quiet throughout most of the episode up until this point. He hasn't been confiding in anybody. He hasn't been doing anything. And she basically is like, talk to me. I wish you would trust me enough to talk to me. And that's just what kind of made him fly off the handle. Talk to me? You lied to me. You lied to me about having a daughter. You lied to me about your other life. You lied to me about all this stuff. And I've kept it in and I've kept it in. And now you're asking me to talk to you. You're asking me to tell you the truth. You're asking me to do all these things. What about you? What about you? What have you done? You haven't done any of those things. 
things. And basically, how dare you yes. to ask me that when you didn't give me the same respect? You're my wife, and I don't even know if I know you now. I mean, that's basically the gist of it, is that he was just I livid. Know. And he said, and he said, I'm pissed. That's how I feel right now. That was a great scene. I oh, think it was that, a fantastic I think scene. That, that Patrick Duffy's doing such a great job. We all know that Brenda Strong is a phenomenal yeah, actress. Yeah, she's amazing. But we've seen Patrick Duffy back in the old day, a little cheesy. That's how mm-hmm. the, the show went down. But he's really stepped it up as well. Um, now, I'm going to talk about why it happened. You okay. want to know why it happened? Because Victoria Principal is coming back. I guarantee you she's coming. She has to be. I know she put out a release the other day saying she's not coming back and they're going in that direction. But Did you from see here- the comment that somebody left about you talking about this all the time? They're <laughs> like, on iTunes, it's on there. It. Oh, no. She's coming back. You know she will. You know she will. This is the most genius move either. Well, and I'll, also, let me just, somebody corrected us about something that I guess we didn't make clear, but she didn't die in no, the original series. She was no, disformed. yeah, she, she was never disfigured, died. And we always kind of refer to the fact that she died, but she didn't and die. Then, but, okay, and then, and then Bobby, uh, or Cliff Barnes actually went to see her when she was with her new plastic surgeon mm-hmm. boyfriend overseas over in the Middle Paris. East somewhere. Yeah, where? She was Paris. in Paris. Paris, yes. Um, so she's around. She, she well, just, she we, she gets mentioned in the episode, so yes. it definitely is a possibility. Yes. She's absolutely coming back. It's so transparent, you guys. Like, there's no reason on earth this entire second half of the season is written for a comeback by, by Victoria Principal. <laughs> and it's so obvious when she came out with her press release last week saying, you know, I want to um, respect the legacy of Bobby and Pamela and keep that intact and blah, blah, blah. That is bullshit that somebody told her to write or that <laughs> yes. somebody wrote for her. Well, that is great. Well, a lot of people were saying she's not been, she hasn't been offered enough money or, you know, all these different, you know, negotiation contract issues could be the reason for that. But I don't believe knows? it. I, I don't, don't believe it because at this point, when they're mentioning her now in this episode, like mm-hmm. she's going to be a big part of it coming up, mm-hmm. obviously they're going looking for her. They w- they've hammered that stuff out. And mm-hmm. we may we might not know it, but they hammered it out, and she will be coming back in some way, shape, or form. Because the to. fans aren't going to take some other Pam no. coming no in. No. The fans want to see Victoria Principal. Absolutely. It won't be like that whole, like, I got plastic surgery, and now all of a sudden I'm Terry Hatcher. Like, it won't be, like, played no. by Terry it won't, it, That won't <laughs> no, work. No, no, no. I love no. Terry Hatcher, but it just won't work. No. And there's a big age difference there. But, um, <laughs> so, Pamela's coming back, you guys. I'm announcing it here. You you heard it here. That's my, that's my prediction for the night, and I'm going to make a prediction later. So, let's move on to Sue Ellen's moment in JR's bedroom. She spends the night in JR's bedroom the night before the funeral. And she has the letter. The letter that she had last week that she still has not read that J.R. left her, mm-hmm. along with all the original love letters from when he was courting her years ago. And she reads it in the bedroom while she starts to contemplate whether or not to take a, take a drink of the bourbon, the J.R. bourbon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Buying stores soon. Um, and what does she do? She Finally. She goes for it. She, she goes for she it. She struggles. Yeah. And she shows she, it. She fights it. She fights it, but she couldn't do it without it. No. Because I think that was a representative of him. She couldn't do it alone, and she needed that drink to help her through it. You know what I was afraid of? Mm. She took the drink and then read the letter. I was so afraid that the letter was going to say something like, I'm so proud of you. The, the You know, you yes. dealt with me, uh, and you dealt yeah. with your alcoholism. I was so afraid she was going to take the drink, and then all of a sudden it was going to say something like, I am so proud of you for being able to fight this all these years and to, and to win the battle against alcoholism or something like that mm-hmm. and to send her into a tailspin. I wish they would have done it because I would love to see her just go nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt for her. It was a weird feeling because you guys know I've wanted her to, I've wanted to see her drink for the last two seasons. <laughs> I think pretty much a lot of fans have. That's kind of a that was a consensus, yeah. by the way. But at the same time, yeah. though, I love when she's like strong, supportive, like like mother and like friend to Anne and all these other mm-hmm. things she's become. Like I love that as well. But I just want to see her get crazy. <laughs> now, that she's like, now that she's a better actress, I want to see her get, like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, she just might. I don't know. She. I mean, we saw a little bit. Well. A little bit. But I think it was harder for me to watch her give her speech at the funeral than it yes. was this. Let's talk yes. about that because everybody kind of gave their stories. And, and we're not going to cover it all just because we just don't have time. And I don't think they were the important parts of the episode. The important part of the episode was Sue Ellen's speech. But mm-hmm. before we get into that, can I just bring something up? Yes. <laughs> I was so happy this season. They haven't talked about Christopher being adopted. Yes. And then they bring it <laughs> up. It came up. And, uh, yes. I was like, can we just go through a season? I could care less that you were adopted. But it we was a it. cute story, though. It was so a I cute story. But I, then I actually laughed. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is how everybody's stories are kind of like how Jared's an asshole, but here's what we love about him. That's the kind of yeah. the yeah. gist of everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's a scoundrel, but now that he's gone, you always remember people a little bit better than they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Sue Ellen's, I think, was the hardest for me to watch. Oh, yeah. It, it really Sue Ellen did. and 
Bobby. It yeah. Me, yeah, both of them. Both it of just theirs. really made me cry. Well, she said I had a drink last night, and then I had, and then I kept going. Yeah, I'm a little bit drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we've all been there. I'm there right now. Yeah. Um, I, I loved that. I thought it was really honest and genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she said that she read the letter. And in it, I just got a couple of quotes that really stood out to me. Um, Jared mentioned that old age has a way of humbling men. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so true. Because I remember my grandfather, like the last few years he was around, I never heard him say he loved me until I was about 16 years old. I knew, mm-hmm. always knew he did, but he never said it. Mm-hmm. And I remember like running out of the house one time. Eh, I was probably like 14 maybe. But I was running out of the house, and he says, I love you. And my mom was standing in that front, and I looked at her, I go, Grandpa just said he loved me. Mm-hmm. I ran back in and just gave him the biggest hug and just cried because I was so excited. I've never heard it before. Um, so even if you always know these older guys, they just have they have a they have a different they just have a different thought process. Well, I think that's just the way John Ross felt when he told him he was proud of him. As I mean, and that's the last thing he heard him say to him. Yeah, which is fantastic and so sad all at the same time. Yeah, he also told her I was never worthy of you. He said I love you today more than I ever did, and he asked her if if she would be okay with it when he got back to town, if he'd be okay if they had dinner. And that just ripped my heart out because I kind of saw it coming a couple of weeks ago um, when he was at her place. Um, And you could tell by the way he was kind of looking at her. I think he finally respected her as an equal for the first time Mm -hmm. probably in his life. And she finally stood up to him. She finally is the strong, independent woman. And that is the woman that she was back in the 70s when she was Miss Texas before he destroyed her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she finally fought after 30 years. She fought back to that independent, strong woman that he fell in love with initially, and he wanted her again, which I thought was cool. I thought that I thought that was just yeah. genius. Well, and, and you know when it cuts to John Ross and he's crying, and then when she kind of like falls down and is like, "Yes, yes, you yeah, she, goes, she said yes, yes, Jr. The answer is yes. You were the love of my life. I mean, ugh, that's just." And he may he may have married other women, but there was never no, anyone else no. other than Sue Ellen, no, as far no. as I'm concerned. Yeah, he married her twice. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I thought it was interesting how Christopher tried to console John Ross after the funeral, and mm-hmm. John Ross rebutted it completely, wanted nothing to do with him, just pushed mm-hmm. him away. Mm-hmm. And then I just wrote down the box, exclamation points. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about this box. This is where Jared's masterpiece starts to unfold at the end of this episode, and this it's going huge. to play out the rest of the season. This is this is huge. Mm-hmm. They find out. Well, first of all, it's Bobby, John Ross, and Christopher in the room with uh, bum. bum. Yeah, bum. The creepy the guy. I yeah. mean, no Ugh. one better to deliver that box. Right. Than of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this was from Jared in the case that he, <clears throat> in in case he died, he wanted this box delivered to those three men. Um, they find out that Pam is alive. Mm-hmm. which, not a shocker, <laughs> but great, well, very welcome news to me. I thought about you as soon as he said that. And they were trying, and then JR was trying to find her. Yes, mm-hmm. that he was trying to find her, um, that he was actually in Abu Dhabi, and mm-hmm. that um, he went to Mexico for Bobby, looking into some stuff on, on Harris Ryland, trying to help yeah. Bobby, because he told Bobby, I'll help you take him down. Right. Yes. So he was trying to make good on that promise. Because um, he thinks that Harris and... Cliff, Cliff Barnes are going to take down the Ewings. Working together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then he also gives them a gun. Um, and he says... He gives it to John Ross. Well, yeah. And, yeah. John Ross. and then Bum does say it was just a street thug. Or who... Not a street well, thug, but a, he does we, tell him that. And, and they find out get, why he says that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then he says that they need to take down Barnes and Ryland. He lets them know that that has to happen or mm-hmm. they will destroy the Ewing family. Um and he says again, "Remember, remember, you're my son, tip to tail." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he leaves him a note with yeah. the gun. Yeah, breaks my heart. No, yeah. Um, then Bobby gets a letter from Jr., which is so. I love that Sue Ellen and Bobby, the only two people who got letters. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that because that shows such respect to the original, <clears throat> the original cast and to the fans of Dallas. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Um, Bobby takes he reads the letter, doesn't share it with with Christopher or John Ross. Takes bum. Yeah, and I loved how he did. He goes into the next room. Yeah, into the next room, um, and says to him, "As far as they need, as far as they know, this all they need to know is that Jr. was actually killed by a thug. That's what they need mm-hmm. to know for now. Mm-hmm. That's it." Well, and he even tells them, "This is between me and my brother for now." Yeah, before he walks out. For now, which mm-hmm. is cool, yeah. and it shows the mutual respect with Bobby and Jr., who have been arch enemies all these years, but at the same time, yeah. each other's yeah. closest allies. Um, and then the. the <laughs> 
And the then he goes ends, into... He goes into Jarrah's room. Jarrah's room. And grabs that bourbon again and throws back a couple glasses of bourbon and just sits there and cries on the end of the bed. And that was... That was heart-wrenching. It was devastating. I mean, and he weeps. Because it's like... It's... Um, it's not just... It's not just Bobby Ewing talking about his brother, Jr. Mm-hmm. It's Patrick Duffy talking about his best friend, Larry Hagman, who actually has passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the show has never... The show's never gone on without Jr. It's, this is uncharted territory for Dallas. Yes. Right. Like, what do you do without J.R. Ewing? Um, it's a huge, huge moment and a huge turning point in the series. And that, that, that's a big occasion. Mm-hmm. And I think that Bobby rose to the occasion. I think that was the perfect way to end the episode. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited about next week and the mm-hmm. rest of the season because it's going to be insane. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't wait to see a red Mercedes driving to Southport. <laughs> um, and I, I, I just, I really, really cannot, cannot <clears throat> wait. Um, I want to thank you guys for, for listening tonight and for tuning in on YouTube as well. Um, we're not going to go into news and gossip. We're not going to do Uh-oh. predictions because we're already at an hour right now and we have other shows who need to get on the air here. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we just love the show so much. It's so We could talk about the show for hours. Yeah, so go to iTunes yes. and YouTube and Continue leave us comments the conversation. and let's talk about it. And follow we... us on Twitter. Leave us comments and we will comment back. Where mm-hmm. can our, our viewers and listeners follow you, you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Lula Cherry Films. And you can follow me at Kelly with an IE079. You guys can follow me on Twitter at underscore AJ Gibson. Please check out my website, AJGibson.tv as well. Like we said, get on iTunes, get on YouTube, uh, share with your friends, leave us comments. Let's continue this conversation so that we can uh, finish out the season the, the way that Larry Hagman would want us to. He, and, he deserves it all. And once yeah. again, thank you guys. Thank you. you have been amazing. We and love we you learn guys. every week yes, from you guys. Yes, we appreciate all of the feedback. Thanks Same so much. time next week, you guys. Take care. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz y'all later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.